to the New Vine Lakes podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Steve Troyer and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. Okay, well, this morning's sermon uh, is titled Mercy Triumphs Over, uh, Mercy Triumphs Over um, Judgment. Mercy Triumphs Over Judgment. And um, this is something that's last, I actually had a sermon prepared, but last night I had a dream and I felt like God said, I want you to switch to something different this morning. So please, I just need your extra grace this morning. And, um, and you know, if I'm having trouble preaching, just say, Jesus, help him. Okay, so just as I'm, okay. And, uh, but I, I tell you what, I really uh, believe that what God wants to do this morning is that he's, he's going to um, just bring the focus back onto and make sure that each one of us, it's not just about coming to a program, coming to church, it's about Jesus. And I want you this morning to just uh, don't worry about the person on your left or your right, but that you would just this morning say, I'm centering myself on who Jesus is for me. And I really believe this morning that there's going to be people who get healed physically. I really believe that Jesus is going to meet you where you're at, that you're going to encounter him in a special way. And uh, so I just want to pray that God would meet you where you're at. Is that okay? And, um, and I really believe He will. If that is your prayer, He will meet you where you're at. If you just draw down on Him, He loves to respond to hungry hearts for Him. So let's just pray. Father God, we thank You so much that You are here. Thank You for every single person, both here and also online. And we ask, Holy Spirit, come. Do a miracle in each one here where they meet Jesus personally, where the risen Lord becomes real in their circumstances right now. Father God, where they find themselves leaning in on your love for them. In Jesus' mighty name. If that's your prayer, you can say amen. Amen. Okay, let's start with Ephesians chapter 2. verse. I'm going to start from verse 1, but... Then I'm going to highlight from verse 4 on. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in uh, who is the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So that's a picture of us before Christ, before the cross, before what he did at the cross and then following his resurrection. And each one of us, we could say, actually, we have no hope outside of the cross. In fact, there's no mercy to be found outside of the cross. And so uh, we read on, but... And I've heard somebody else say the biggest but in the Bible. Um, But because of his great love for us, who is rich in mercy. Say rich in mercy. That's really important. I want you to underline that in your thought. Because of his great love for us and his He's rich in mercy. That mercy is what uh, accounts for what happens next. 
But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Transgressions just is it's just a big word for our sin, our uh, rebellion against God. Our uh, transgressions means to uh, to move over the line of of uh, from holiness to the things of the world. And he says, because of that, um, even though we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. I love this next part. And God raised us up with Christ. Isn't that lovely? Here we are, we're, we're celebrating Jesus risen from the dead. Do you know, uh, you, can, you can actually know the Easter story and not be raised with Christ. You can know of his mercy and not receive of his mercy. You can know of his love and not really walk in his love. And what he wants for each one of you, if I could just be frank, is that he longs for you to just place your faith in the Saviour, in him. God actually sent his son, Jesus, so that you could have life in all its fullness. Do you know uh, the opposite is that the ruler of the air, the, the uh, ruler of the kingdom of darkness, which is the devil, he would, he would love to actually keep you in the blinders where uh, you're in a place where uh, you find yourself just under his authority. And in that place, oftentimes we ourselves, and I can tell you because I've been there myself, where uh, there is a sense of which I, I feel like I have control over the different uh, things in my life that aren't good for me. And so I just simply say to myself, I don't need a saviour. I've got control over these things. I can, And you know what? I found over time I didn't have control. I found myself in a place where it's like the chains were there, but I was just ignorant of it. And every now and then it's just like those chains got pulled again. And uh, just to remind me, Steve, you don't really have control. But when Jesus comes, he's the author of faith. He's the giver of life. The devil comes to steal, to rob and destroy. And this is sin. Sin actually regresses you. It pulls you back. It calls you into a place of doing things in your own strength. It has no fruit in it. But when it comes to Christ, when it comes to Jesus in you, you come alive. He raises you up with Christ. And God raised us up with Christ. Notice this. And seated us with him. Where is Jesus seated? In the heavenly realm. He seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I love when you go to prayer and you find yourself just uh, interceding for a breakthrough and really believing that God can only be possible in you. And then you realise, hang on a minute, I'm in the throne room. Not because uh, I've done anything, I haven't performed. Uh, it has everything to do with Jesus. Because he's risen, I've been able to rise with him into heavenly places. And so I want to centre on the mercy of God. And uh, just back in verse 4, it says, let me just read it again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. God who is rich in mercy. Mercy always triumphs over judgment. In fact, James actually says those exact words. He says, uh, when you find yourself in a place of judging others, remember 
that um, Christ had mercy on you and come back to the place of mercy because mercy always triumphs over judgment. Uh, I remember Peter uh, Schultz who spoke here just a few weeks ago. Peter Schultz who we um, are in partnership over in Fiji with. He he works amongst um, some of the poorest of the poor. He was telling us a few weeks ago that they've just been given the go-ahead to work in the what they call the red zone uh, of uh, Suva, Nanuka. And in this place is a squatter's uh, kind of uh, residence where it's, it's kind of um, the poorest of the poor live there. And you know, you, the squatters and the homeless live there and everything that you can imagine is available there as far as drugs and alcohol and prostitution. And God's called them to the very centre of this. Uh, before that, and still, they, they're still involved with uh, ministry into the prisons. They're now ministering across all, I think it's 12 or 13 prisons across the whole of the nation of Fiji. He said to me a, a number of years ago, and it really stuck with me, he said, Steve, uh, the prison sentence does not fulfil the transformation one needs. He said, there's only one thing that fulfils it. And he guesses what it is. It's the mercy of God. He said, mercy triumphs. It's the one that actually brings about the change in people, the transformation that they're looking for. Uh, Over the time that they've been ministering there, they've seen uh, the rate of those who come out of prison and then enter back into prison go from something like 50% down to 30%. Do you know what the rate is here in Australia? For those who are released out of prison to go back into prison? Any guesses? Yeah, 70 to 80%. And so they're seeing God do a work in Fiji where the mercy of God is touching people. He said, Steve, there's something that happens in the culture that they already had in place before I came, but we just leveraged it because it was already there. And he went on to say that in Fiji, uh, when somebody comes out of prison, the elders of the village that they're from, the elders would actually come alongside that, that young man or that young woman, bring them into the village, hold a feast for the whole village and then declare while the whole village is there, this young man is no longer to be known as a thief. This young man is no longer to be known as a rapist. This young man is no longer to be known and they would label what it was that he was uh, known as. But he has been totally forgiven. He is now one of the sons of our village. He is to be seen with the same rights as the sons of our village. And if anyone holds anything against them, they're to come and see me, not him. Isn't that amazing? And here is the mercy of the Lord at work. And they say that they see such a great impact back into the community. Mercy triumphs. Over judgment. Do you know, God brought about judgment, but He brought it on His Son, Jesus. It's because of His great love for us, His mercy for us, that He actually brought uh, His judgment on His Son rather than on us. Now, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, then mercy is incomplete. You see, uh, When it came to a sacrifice back in the Old Testament, 
if you wanted to read through some of the Old Testament law, they would bring a lamb or a, a, a goat or a sacrificial animal of some sort. The priest would lay his hands on that animal to say all of the sin of the one who has brought this lamb has been laid on that animal. And now they would then uh, uh, sacrifice the animal, put it on an altar. And that sin would uh, be covered for. But the next 12 months later on, that same person would have to offer up another sacrifice again and again. But Jesus, if he were just to be one sacrifice without raising from the dead, then it's a sacrifice that's a one-time sacrifice, not an all-in sacrifice. But because he was raised from the dead, mercy is complete because it means that he has mercy on you for a change in you. Where no longer do you have to have sin accounted for because Jesus has accounted for it. And He becomes the substitute lamb for you. The fact that He's risen from the dead means that mercy is able to be complete. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The judgment that was once over your head, if you are in Christ, if you believe in Jesus, if you've placed your trust in Him, then mercy has had its effect where you are now completely washed clean. Praise God. I need a cheer from that. Not my preaching, but a cheer for what Jesus did. Because Jesus washed us clean. His mercy satisfied the debt. Do you know, everywhere that Jesus went, uh, there were times where people were so hungry for God. They saw God in the man, Jesus. They saw uh, in Jesus the authority of God. They saw in Him uh, that He spoke as one who had insight on who God was. And so they also saw healing. And when Jesus would show up in a place to teach, uh, it became known and people would begin to bring their sick you know, parents or their cousin and, or their um, you know, father-in-law, whoever it might have been, and they brought them to this place. And you can imagine some coming on mats, uh, in our day, it would be on, in wheelchairs. Some of them came um, on crutches. Others came with um, deformed, like a deformed leg and they were hobbling there. Others dragged themselves there. But they found themselves in front of Jesus. And on many occasions, it says in Scripture that Jesus, with great compassion, turned to them and began to heal every single one. The mercy of God the compassion of God, the love of God at work through Jesus. Jesus came not just to forgive you of your sin, but also to heal you from the impact of the enemy who comes to kill, rob and destroy. His mercy triumphs over judgment. And so I want to encourage you as we look at Jesus risen from the dead that that you would actually take a hold of His mercy and recognise, Jesus, everything that was needed for me, through your love, you actually satisfied everything of the Heavenly Father. The judgment of God was satisfied in your deep mercy. Do you know, for many of us, when it comes to judgment of others, it's very easy for us to step into that and to forget about the mercy of God. I want to encourage you, church, please, find yourself back in the mercy of God. 
so easy for us to point a finger at somebody else, to tell somebody who's next to us about the faults of others rather than even talk to the person themselves. And we find ourselves stepping out of mercy and into judgment. Do you know when we step into judgment, we step out of mercy? This is so important, church. We need to find ourselves where we humble ourselves and go, God, I need your mercy. I recognise I've stepped into judgment. I recognise I've stepped into becoming the judge with the law and now what is required of me is the law. But I want to be found in mercy. James goes on to talk about when it comes to mercy and love for one another, he talks about us standing firm in the, uh, the great law and the great law is love for one another. Where we find ourselves in his mercy, where we find ourselves standing in what he's already given us. Okay, I want to take us to, uh, we're going to have a look at Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, and I love how it starts in verse 1. I'm going to read through a few of these verses and and lean on 6 and 7 in particular. Uh, He says, and and it's in speech marks because it's, uh, Isaiah is quoting what he hears the Lord say to him. This is the heart cry of God to you. Maybe you'd like to just close your eyes and just allow God to just speak to you directly in this. Just take this in. This is personally for you. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labour and what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. A covenant, just while your eyes are shut, a covenant simply God's promise that cannot be broken to you. It's the closest that we have is the covenant of marriage, where we say everything of me is yours, and vice versa, Our partner says, everything of me is yours. And this is a covenant that that God himself enters into with us. And he says, I'm making an everlasting covenant. You know, in marriage, a covenant is only as long as uh, either of us are still alive. But here God says, I make an everlasting covenant that goes beyond the grave. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you will know not and nations you do not know will come running to you, speaking to Israel here, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendour. Now verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Can I just counsel you to take that in? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. He brings you into the place of his pardon, his mercy, his forgiveness. I just want you to hear that. This is so important. His mercy is so that you would be raised with Christ. That you come into the life 
that He has for you. That you come to know that Jesus is not just a good man. He's not just a teacher, but He's actually the Son of God, the Lamb of God who was sacrificed for you. That Jesus is actually one who stood in the gap for you, who like a brother who loves you, stood in the gap and took the pain and the, and the iniquities and the, uh, the sin, the transgressions that we had. In 53 verse 4 and 5, it says, Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions and He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him and by His wounds we are healed. Both our sin and our sickness was taken up by Jesus on the cross and He broke the power of that through His rich mercy. You can look up if you like. Jesus is calling you. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and He's calling you into the rich mercy of God where you're just centering again. God, it's not about what I can do for you. Praise God. It's not about my performance. It has everything to do with just simply coming in as I am according to your rich mercy and your love for me. Make me a person who is rich in the love and life of Jesus. That might be your prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, you recognise that the mercy of God has been something that has been uh, for others, but you haven't taken a hold of it for yourself. And perhaps you have a family or friends who have talked to you about Jesus and um, they've uh, just very gently wanted to share with you and, and uh, to share with you the reason why Jesus is so important is that, that in this Easter story, the, the one that might even be familiar to you, that He's actually calling you as a son or a daughter to take a hold of the rich mercy of the Heavenly Father. And this rich mercy is not just so that you can be forgiven, but so that you can truly live with the life of Christ in you. On Good Friday, we talked about how Jesus said, the seed that was sown uh, into the ground has to be dead first. And then it is sown in order that it can create a large crop. Jesus is the seed and he, he actually produces his seed in you when you place your faith and your trust in him. And so through his rich mercy, maybe you're here and you have actually given your life to Christ before, but you've wandered away and you realise, uh, Jesus, I recognise that I've been leaning on my own strength rather than coming into your rich mercy. I've become somebody who's doing things uh, out of my own uh, my own moral standards rather than trusting in you. Do you know it's so easy to step back into trying to be a good person out of your own strength uh, and not dealing with the inner part of what is going on in you. And what happens is you end up becoming judgmental of others. You end up striving. You don't enjoy church anymore. You don't enjoy being a Christian. It's all hard work. And if you're there and you're feeling like it's all hard work, it's because you've stepped away from the mercy of the Lord. Just come back in. And this morning, it might be a chance just to say, God, I'm committing to you. I'm recommitting my life to you. I want to just tell you a story and then we're going to give an opportunity to pray for one another, to pray for the sick as well, for those who need healing. And I really believe God is going to bring some healing. Amen. Uh, I think some people are pretty convinced he's going to be, there's going to be healing. Some others are not so sure. There's going to be healing, isn't there? Amen. Jesus is a healer. 
more on that in just a moment. I want to tell you about a story uh, of a, a man by the name of, or he's a young man at, at the time of this story, back in the 60s, 1960. His name was Harold Khan, K-A-H-N. And uh, he was a Muslim. He was 12 years old when he was playing soccer. Any soccer players here? A few. Okay, so he was 12 years old playing soccer. He had an accident while playing soccer. It must have been a pretty hard tackle because it did some nerve damage to his right leg and his leg no longer grew, even though the rest of his body grew. By the age of 14, his left leg had grown five and a half inches longer than his right leg. His right leg stayed at the same length as what he was when he was age 12. More than that, uh, his bones had become brittle and there was a disease in his bones. And so he had to wear an elevated shoe that made up the five and a half inch difference on his right foot. And then he had to wear a metal brace on his left leg to keep the leg from bowing and breaking and just to keep it uh, protected. He heard of uh, a conference that was coming up in his city where people believed that Jesus healed. And he'd heard of stories where Jesus had healed others. Being a Muslim young man, uh, he recognised that this would be very difficult for him to go to, especially for his father to release him. In fact, when his dad heard about it, he said, you're not going. When his dad was out of the house, he took the opportune time. In fact, his mum said, let's go. Grabbed him by the hand. They made their way to the conference. Remember, this is back in 1960. There was a mass of people. They had to make their way through the crowd. And then as the preacher is preaching and telling, telling them about uh, Jesus and that Jesus saves and that uh, He is God's Son and that through believing in Him that you become a son or a daughter of the Heavenly Father. At that moment, He, he recognises, Jesus, you are real. I'm taking a hold of you for myself. He takes off His elevated shoe. He takes off His brace. And then when they pray for healing, he had already taken those things off and he stood. And then to his surprise, his right leg is completely the length of his left. And then there's this hysterical moment where he's like screaming at the top of his lungs. I can't believe it kind of thing. And he races to the front with his mother and they're bawling their eyes out. He has his brace held above his head as he goes up the stairs and his elevated shoe in front of him. And the preacher thinks uh, somebody else has gotten healed because this man is completely whole. And then he asks the guy, who got healed? And Harold says, it was me. He tells the story, five and a half inches, bone that was brittle. He said, I've been completely healed. I've got strength in both legs. And he's running from left to right across the stage. And he's just celebrating God's goodness. Do you know there's story after story of people getting healed right across the centuries who have believed in Jesus' name. And it's just the mercy and compassion of the Lord that you get healed. I want to say this to you. You might be sitting there going, yeah, God heals others, but not me. And I just want to counsel you in that. It has nothing to do with your performance has nothing to do with whether you are holy enough, has nothing to do with whether 
uh, it's about you or someone else. It has everything to do with the risen Saviour, Jesus. And if you'll just keep your eyes on Jesus rather than on yourself, which says, it's not going to happen to me. I've got my eyes on myself. No, keep your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you might be there and you're thinking, I've prayed for this for several, like several times and I haven't been healed. And, you know, and there comes this doubt, God, what if you don't heal me again? Again, your eyes are fixed on the circumstance rather than on Jesus. We need to come to Him. Church, this is so hard for people in the West. We need to come to Him with our eyes fixed on Jesus alone. He is the one who brings healing. It's not me. It's not anyone who prays for you. You don't need to find the best prayer to bring healing. All you need to be is willing for Jesus and just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Reminds me of uh, two blind men who called out to Jesus, said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus comes to him and says, what is it that you want from, from me? It's pretty obvious they couldn't see. But what he was doing was he was putting the focus back on Jesus and what he could do for them. Put the focus back on Jesus and what he can do for you. He, he simply cried, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he received. Both of them received their sight back. Both of them started to follow Jesus. Both of them started to celebrate what Jesus had done. Right through the whole Gospels, you see Jesus who is healing the sick again and again and again. Every single person who says, Jesus, are you willing? Every single time he says, yes, I am. Let me pray for you. Do you know it's in God's nature to heal? Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. There's a promise in Psalm 103 that says, uh, forget not all his benefits. This is the psalmist saying this to himself. Soul rejoice. You need to tell your soul rejoice. I'm not going to forget his benefits. Yeah. Who uh, forgives all my sin. Who's glad that he forgives all your sin. And he heals all, I said, all my diseases. Amen. It's a promise. I'm going to hold on to it. It's an anchor. Everything else is getting my eyes off Jesus. Remember Peter, he walks on the water and uh, he has his eyes on Jesus the moment he sees the storm and feels the wind go past him. He gets his eyes off of Jesus. He begins to sink. We need to have our eyes on Jesus. And it's up to him what he does. Amen. But we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. So I'm going to just close now and I'm going to ask firstly, uh, for those who um, firstly are believers here and you found yourself, God, I just need to stand in your mercy. And I want, I want to stand in that more firmly. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. And that is just to stand where you are and to say, God, I'm taking hold of and I'm desiring to walk in your mercy. And maybe it's not because you have walked away from His mercy, but you're just saying, I'm affirming this today. I'm desiring to stand in your mercy. So go ahead and stand right now. Great. This is so important, hey. And this is a, a commitment to say, God, I want to stand in your mercy. Maybe you're here and the next person I want to stand is somebody who 
uh, perhaps you've, you've said yes to Jesus, but you've found yourself drifting away into the place of doing things in your own strength. Uh, you found yourself uh, even giving room for things of the world into your life. And, and so uh, you're making a stand today to say, God, I'm committing myself completely to you. I want to I walk in the mercy of the Lord, the one who says that in His mercy I'm alive with Him. If that's you, I just want you to stand where you are right now and just to make a bold stand. Wonderful. Anybody else? That's great. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. So good. So good. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but this morning you're choosing to make that first time commitment and you're deciding, Jesus, I recognise that you were sent from God that You are the Messiah, that You are the Son of God. And this morning, I recognise that I stand at a crossroad and that crossroad is to choose my own path or to choose Yours. And I recognise my own path has only the will of me. It only has my own power, my own efforts. It's the only thing that I know to do. But Your path is one that takes a hold of the sacrifice of Your Son, Jesus the one that you paid the great cost for. And this morning I'm choosing to take a hold of your mercy. And if that's you, I just want you to stand where you are. To take that bold stand to say, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you this morning. Jesus, I'm making that bold declaration. You are the the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I recognise that you're pulling. Maybe you're here and you're just feeling like, I know that that Jesus is pulling on my heart right now but I just don't know if I've got what it takes to stand. I know that there is this, even butterflies in my spirit, where I just know that I'm meant to be standing. I just want to encourage you, just take the bold step. You'll never regret it. Just stand. Maybe at home too, that might be you. Just take a stand. Okay, church, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your rich mercy. I thank you, Father God, that you call us into a place where we lay down our own efforts. We lay down the the right to be right. We lay down, Lord God, our our own uh, ways of changing ourselves, our own willpower. And instead you just say, just come into my deep mercy. And so, Father God, right now we just commit ourselves again to that process where your mercy, your mercy richly touches our life, where we become those who are filled with compassion for the lost. We're filled with compassion and mercy for others, where we find ourselves no longer leaning in on our own scepticism, our own judgments, but instead, Lord God, where we're completely free of that and we find ourselves walking in your rich mercy. We thank you for your mercy. Father God, for those who are standing this morning, who are saying, I'm making a recommitment this morning. I know that I've uh, found myself in a place where I've walked away from the Lord. And this morning I'm choosing to recommit myself to His rich mercy. I don't want to be found as one who has tried to just live it out in my own strength, but instead I'm choosing to follow the Lord this morning. With every part of my strength, every part of my being, I'm choosing to follow Him. Lord God, I pray for each one who has stood in that position.
Father God, thank You that they are recommitting themselves to You this morning. We pray, Lord God, for a fire from heaven to come upon them where they just know Your rich mercy, Your rich love poured out over each one in the Name of Jesus. We just declare over them that, Father God, that You would release them from self-effort and move them into the Spirit of God where they find themselves risen with the risen Saviour. In Jesus' Name, may they come to life in You. May You breathe life into those rattling bones. In Jesus' Name. Draw them into life in You. Father God, may they not turn back. Father God, we ask that where there is even the pull of the world that's causing them to question whether to move forward right now, Lord, You see them standing. They're pulling on heaven. They're taking a hold of You. Help them, Lord God, to to know that through hardships, through the pull of the world, they've chosen to follow You. Give them the strength in Jesus' Name. Father God, for those who this morning, whether they're online or even here and I haven't seen them, who are choosing to follow you for the first time, they said, Jesus, I recognise that your rich mercy is for me. This morning, I'm choosing to follow you. Father God, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would fill them by your Spirit, that you'd lead them, Lord Jesus, to, uh, to find themselves completely abandoned to you. And Father God, I ask that You would uh, lead them, Lord God, to know that they are forgiven simply in their faith and belief in Jesus. They're forgiven. That all of their slate is wiped clean. And Father God, that You come and speak to them and desire to walk with them. Lead them to life in all its fullness. In Jesus' Name. Amen. listening to this week's message. For more resources or to find out what's happening in the life of our church, head to newvinelakes.com.au or find us on social media.